Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're going to roll into our last week of the series, Hearing God. Next week, Ross the Boss, that is our lead pastor, uh, comes and shares. Uh, if you're new with us, Ross is over our 10 locations of Elevation. He's also our INC chairman, the denomination we're part of, a couple of hundred churches in Australia. So he'll be here next week. Following that, my beautiful wife, Bonnie, who's with us today. How are you, Dal? She'll be leading off our new series called um, Relationships on Mother's Day. She'll be sharing about the alabaster jar. What is the alabaster jar? You're going to have to come and find out, but it makes you smell good. It makes you have a beautiful fragrance in your relationship with others. So don't miss out on that. Week one in this series, Hearing God, we learned how God speaks. Week two, we learned the art of listening. Today, we're going to learn about God's confirmation. I've got 25 minutes. That's all I got. So, so take some notes, lean in. We're going to move quick. And then we're going to allow God to just do what he, he does best. And that's minister to us as we worship him. And we'll come up with some worship time after the message. So as a pastor, I've heard the craziest things people say about hearing from God. Probably none, none more than my children. And they will tell me, God told me I don't need to go to school. I don't know, parents, if you've heard that one. Or, or God told me I'm going to be a gamer. And I'm going to live off you, mum and dad, for the rest of my life and never get a job. I don't know what types of uh, words you've heard about people hearing from God. I hear some crazy stuff. Um, I've often heard young adults say, you know, God just wants me to, 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 you know, minister. And I just want to flirt to convert. And, you know, she's crazy and she doesn't know Jesus and she's clubbing every night. But, you know, I just feel called to the clubs, you know. I, I feel that and I'm like, yeah, right. And so we hear these crazy words uh, that people think God is telling them. The one that breaks my heart the most, it's not funny at all, it's quite serious, is, look, I've fallen out of love and I'm leaving my spouse. God's told me and I've got a peace about it. I'm like, really? So today, I just want to bring of understanding. How do we test God's word? How do we know it's really God and not some other force? Because the issue is, and here's the problem with hearing from God, there's more than one voice at any one time. God speaks, but there's also another bunch of voices that are screaming at us. What are those voices that are also competing for God's voice? Well, there's the world, there's ourselves, and then there is Satan. Three big voices that if we're not careful, can overshadow God's voice. So let's go through these really quickly together, the world. Does anybody remember back in the day there was only one screen in life? It was called a TV. And if you were really good, it, it was, it was colour. And if you were really wealthy, it had press buttons, not turning the knob. Remember, anybody remember back? And so we would gather together as a family. There were only four channels. Uh, channel two, I hated it. There was no ads. My dad loved it, but I never wanted channel two. Uh, but there were seven, nine and ten. With, with me, we would actually gather as a family and watch a, a show altogether. I know, it's unheard of. We didn't have headphones or earphones. We just would listen with these things. We were with the speaker. The, the speaker, let me try to explain this to some of you younger ones. The speaker was in the machine. It was kind of... 
part of the screen thing and, and it made noises that came out like, like in, in, in the machine. You could actually turn it up, but you, you, had, to, you had to turn the knob. You couldn't just use a, a remote, there was no remote controls. And so you turn the knob and we would sit there and we'd watch country practice, come on, Skippy, Young Doctors, Mother and Son, was that the best one? Sale of the Century, remember that thing hit? Countdown, Heartbreak High. Has anybody heard of Heartbreak High? Okay, little insider information. Our very own kids pastor, Chin, was a star on Heartbreak High. True, he, he acted, he, he was on there, uh, he was famous on Heartbreak High. You, you don't know the, the, the power of your team. You make incredible people in, in leadership here, here at, at, at Hills. It's unbelievable. Well, Netflix is rebooting that show, Heartbreak High, in 2022. And, and I've told Chin, I'm his manager. I'm going to take the call from Flix and I'm going to do the negotiation and the deal because hopefully Chin will make a comeback. But, but today we have more than four channels. There's more than one screen. Never before has there been such a bombardment of voices and images and content. You think about how many cable channels, how many streaming platforms with Flix and Stan and Prime and all the online Vimeo and, and TikTok and YouTube. I mean, it's just no wonder we in this generation are overwhelmed with content. Did you know that the screen time for teenagers has doubled over the last four years? It's gone past seven hours a day that does not include any schoolwork. And so we've got this voice bombarding, if we're not careful, if we're not aware and intentional, it can overwhelm our listening to God. That's just one voice. Then there are another two. There's ourselves. Now, we are selfish by nature. Our voice is always going to be self-protecting, what's comfortable, what's easy. But that doesn't mean that's what God wants. In fact, millennials, I love the millennials. Millennials, anybody 25 to 40? 25 to 40? Put up your hand, 25. Bon Bonnie's part of the millennials. Beautiful baby. Almost. Um, 25 to 40. Millennials are kind of this... Um, New generation, they kind of got it together. I love the millennials, but there's been a, this attitude that you're a little bit entitled, but really it's not their problem. They had helicopter parents who would pretty much do everything for them and enabled a lot of their selfishness as children. So it's not their fault, but they were just born in that culture. And millennials also are just smarter. They know more stuff. They have more skills than any prior generation. I mean, me and Graham, we're the only boomers on the team. They make fun of us every day at the hills. I mean, I don't know how to do the app. I don't know what They just, Rowan's laughing up the back because he knows. Because boomers, we just don't get it. But these millennials, they're so talented. They're so gifted. And the internet has offered millennials personalization and customization. So basically life can become all about them. They also have higher expectations of what's possible in a much shorter amount of time. All that to say, we can fall into the, into the trap that life is about us. But that's not God's plan. Life is about him and his kingdom. So we've got these voices of, 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 the, of the world, we've got these voices of ourselves, and finally we've got this voice of Satan. Satan is known in Scripture as the deceiver and the accuser. He uses words or thoughts that bombard our minds to try to take us off track. 
Now, just like the fall of man, he's constantly lying and sowing seeds of doubt, confusing, removing truth. Uh, a lot of people struggle with what is sin, you know, what is salvation, sanctity of marriage. All of these issues are being attacked and pulled down by who? By the accuser and the deceiver. No wonder it's difficult for us to hear from God, right? But there is some hope today. And there is some teaching in Scripture that we're going to go on. So when we are struggling with hearing God's voice, we can apply some principles that can help God get through all of that noise, cut through it all, and reveal His truth. Four green lights in Scripture that we can use to determine God's voice. Impressions of the Spirit, the Scripture, circumstance, counselling. And so when we make big decisions in life, we want to go through these four uh, points of reference and just to ensure that we're actually on track. So you can write those down. We're going to hit some content pretty hard on a bunch of scriptures to show you. But I also want to say as I start, hearing God's voice can never be removed or, 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 or just um, left as a formula. Hearing God's voice is actually a relationship. It's something we'll share a little bit in the end of the scripture about knowing God. So it's not a formula that we use, but there are practical principles of scripture that help us make good godly decisions. Number one, impressions of the spirit. I won't talk a lot about this today. I covered a lot more in week one. If you want to listen to that, you can. But today I want to talk about what does voice God's voice the spirit of it. What, what, what's the, the spirit, the attitude? What's the spirit of God's voice? In Song of Solomon's 2.8, I hear my lover coming. He's leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. That There is this spirit that God speaks with. Now, just to be practical, we all actually speak with a spirit. You know, when you talk, it could have a bit of an edge. It could be rude. It could be compassionate. Um, it could be mean, angry. It could be confident. You, you know, you have a tone. You, you have a spirit. Well, God has a spirit with his voice that he uses. Let's unpack this together in James 3.17. But the wisdom from above, this is God's voice, is first of all, here's the first key to the spirit that God speaks with, pure. Pure. What, what does that mean? It's, it's, ab, it's, it's not having any sinful attitude or motive. It's pure. It's also peace-loving. What's peace? It's a tranquil state where you know you're assured of who you are and, and your eternity. It, it, it carries this uh, peacefulness. Uh, it's gentle at all times. What's gentle? It's forbearance. It's a sweet reasonableness. This is how God speaks. He speaks with this gentleness, this peace, this purity. Isn't that wonderful, God's voice, when you understand and unpack His voice? It kind of reveals who He is. And willing to yield to others. That's not stubborn or obstinate. And so often we are stubborn and obstinate. And God's, His voice is willing to yield to others. It is full of what? Full of, full of mercy. It's full of compassion and goodwill towards others. It is the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, no, no, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and is always sincere. God speaks 
with this beautiful voice that we shouldn't be afraid of. It's not like he's mad and angry, like we may see our earthly father or another male figure in our lives or another male or female authority figure. God speaks with this compassion, this love, this wanting the best. Now, he's holy and righteous, but we can trust his voice because he's God. The second way that God speaks to us is through Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God and is used to teach what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. So Scripture kind of corrects us here. Uh, It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Charles Stanley says, God's voice will never tell us to engage in any activity or relationship that is inconsistent with the Holy Scriptures. There was this young Bible student and he asked the professor, he said, "Um, I I hear a voice that tells me I must go home and speak to my young people in my church. Um, You know, could could this be God or or would this be the devil? And the the professor says uh, very wisely, "The the devil never gives orders like that. Have a weekend off, go speak to your young people in your church. There is a consistency that you will find in Scripture with God's voice. And if you look at Mark 12, 30, God's commandments kind of funnel down to two, which is to love your God with all your heart and to love your neighbour. And so whenever you're weighing up a decision and you want to apply Scripture to it, ask yourself, will this help me love others and love God? Will this draw me closer to God or further away from God? Will this draw me closer to people or further away from people? It's a really good quick check that I use. Okay, is this decision going to help me love God and love others? And so something quick I can just sort of measure my heart against as I think about doing something. Okay, should I get a job that pays more money but actually is going to take me away from God and my family? Probably not. Should I, should I watch something that doesn't honour God? Probably not. Should I, should I help the poor? Well, that loves God. Yes, let's, let's help the poor. So you can use that uh, rule uh, measuring stick as you make decisions. I will say one thing. In Scripture, we are not promised a life of ease, comfort, Um, everything works out perfectly, Um, we never have a trial, we never have a trouble. In fact, Scripture promises the believer the opposite. In the last days, you will be trials, there will be challenges, There, there is an enemy, we live in a broken world. So often we make decisions based on comfort and ease and and what's best for us. Well, Scripture actually doesn't lead us to make decisions what's best for us. Scripture leads us to make decisions what's best for God and what's best for others. Just a side note. Number three, the third way that God guides us is circumstances. Now, sometimes as Christians we think, oh, we've got to fight every circumstance that comes our way. Sometimes God brings the circumstance. Paul wrote in Romans 1, I want you to know, dear brother and sister, I planned many times to visit you. But I was prevented until now. For a long time, Paul wanted to visit Rome. 
He didn't start the church in Rome, it just flourished, but he wanted to get there to be with these Roman believers. But he was hindered, if you study Scripture, over and over by external circumstances. God uses circumstances to prevent Paul from going. In fact, King David, he was just born into a time of war against the Israelites. Uh, Sorry, against the Philistines. He was an Israelite and born. He was the king of Israel. And he was born into a time and an era of great war. It was a circumstance. That actually prevented him and discredited him from actually building the temple. Because 1 Chronicles 17.4, Go tell my servant, this is what the Lord has declared, You are not the one to build a house for me to live in. David wanted nothing more than to build the temple. God said, sorry, buddy, you're a man of war. You've shed too much blood. I'm going to use your son Solomon to bring peace and to build my temple. It was a circumstance thing. I've found God often leads us by circumstances and opportunities. The question is, are we watching and looking for them? I don't know a time in my life where I've seen more doors shut and more doors open than COVID. It's changed everything. And so I believe that God can lead us in our circumstances as we go through this thing called COVID. Maybe your work has changed and you're working more from home. There's a circumstance change. Maybe God is leading you in that uh, working from home to maybe engage more with your family. Maybe spend more time with him. Maybe have an ability to get healthier um, emotionally. Maybe there's some time that you can get healthier physically. I don't know. Maybe you've met someone new through COVID and there's a connection. There's, a, there's just this kindred of spirit and, and God might be leading you through that circumstance of meeting that person. Maybe there's a door that's opening in relationship, in partnership. Maybe there's a business opportunity. Maybe the circumstances are redirecting your, your goals and your, your visions and your dreams. Allow God to speak to you through circumstances. And then finally, probably my favourite one is godly counsel. Godly counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there is no counsel, people will fall. But in the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. Never make a big decision without godly counsel. I have this rule myself. The bigger the decision, the longer the time I take to make it, and the more godly counsel I get. So if you're making a big, significant decision, you really need to invoke some godly counsel in your life. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they what? They, They succeed. Bridges says, our own wisdom lies in self-distrust or at least allowing for the possibility that we may be wrong. So it is most expedient, especially in important matters, to seek experienced counsel. In other words, don't trust yourself. (laughs) We can be self-deceived. And really, this is why I'm such a fan of the local church. I love the local church. God has just led me to be involved in the local church. I I got saved in the local church. I was discipled in the local church. I've been attending the local church for 35 years. I love the local church. Why? Because I can see all of these four 
um, points of reference for, for God to speak to me. When I'm in worship and the presence of God, it feels like I'm more in tune with Him. And that's what we're going to do in a moment. I believe God's going to speak to some people. When, when, when I'm in a prayer meeting or when I get with a gathering, I just sense heaven is it's open. I, I can it, it connect with God in a greater way. I love gathering together as a church. Um, I, I love that in church, God's Word is shared. The Scriptures are shared in home groups and our Monday night trainings and our Bible studies and Sundays. Where the Scripture is a light that shines the truth into our lives. I, I love that circumstances, you, 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 you rub shoulders with other people. You, you get ideas. You, you, you kind of make connections in your network. And I love traditionally how the, the, the godly counsel that is available in church cannot be underestimated. One, one of my favourite things I've heard over the last couple of weeks was one of our young professionals. He says, Miles, um, 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 got dreams to be this uh, very successful developer and he's doing quite well at the moment. And he says, I want to get a board. Like a board, okay. What, a surfboard? What type of... No, no, no. I, I want to get a board of people. A board of people. Okay. Well, yeah, I want to get a pastor on it. I want to get a finance, godly finance guy on it. And then I want to get um, an entrepreneurial business guy on it. Oh, okay. And I, I want to have these meetings once a month. And I'm going to pay these people to come. And, and, and I'm going to bounce my ideas off them. And they're going to give their feedback. And I'm like, this is brilliant. And I thought to myself, he's got three guys... With a hundred years of godly business decision amongst them that he's going to recruit to meet with him once a month, that he can bounce his ideas off. Brilliant. I don't know why we don't do more of this. I also love how the church has this variety of age. There's the older and the younger. There's this mature and new believer. There's these different groups that can really benefit and learn from each other. The older ladies can invest into the younger ladies. The older men can invest into the younger men. And so I love how in church we have all of these four ways that God can speak the four green lights. But as I close, it's not a formula. You can't just check off the list. I got that one, I got that one, I got that one, I got that one. Although these are very wise and we need to apply them. Here is the heart of hearing from God. It is a learned skill. Hearing from God is a learned skill. Now we're saved instantly. We're born again, we're changed. But this thing called sanctification, this thing called discipleship, this thing oh, could be called coming more like Christ takes time. And actually learning God's voice takes time. Often scripture talks about Christians being sheep. The reason is sheep actually have a gift at hearing. And there was a story of a Scottish traveler who changed his clothes with a Jerusalem shepherd to try to lead the sheep. But the sheep followed the shepherd's voice, not his clothes. And in John 10 verse 2, the shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus, what does he do? Calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because, oh, he's going to give them good stuff. No, the sheep follow him oh, because he's going to bring healing. No, uh, the sheep follow him because he's going to get me a beautiful uh, wife and, and, uh, and, and we're going to have 2.3 kids and, uh, you know, we're going to have an Audi and a Porsche and a four-bedroom home. We're going to live happily after. No, no. The, the sheep follow him. Why? The sheep follow him because they 
They know his voice. Do you know his voice today? The goal is, as Christians, we, we know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the common sheep fields, sorry, sheep folds, it's where all the sheep were kept in ancient times. The shepherd merely gave a distinct call and the sheep came out from the others that were owned by the shepherd. They followed him. Why? Because they had a, a, an ear to hear his distinct call. Sheep are experts at discerning their sheep's voice. During World War One, some soldiers actually got a flock of sheep and led them away. They wanted to take them for some food. And there was a little 14-year-old shepherd boy. They were his sheep. And he's like, stop. And they wouldn't stop. And the little shepherd boy had no way of using force to stop the soldiers who were armed. So he simply called out to his sheep. They all ran past the soldiers. The soldiers couldn't grab him. And he ran off and they followed him. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. I pray today that you would be encouraged to learn his voice. You know, I think teenagers over seven hours a day learning the voice of the world. It's tragic. How much time do we give to learning our God's voice? Of all the things you can accomplish on earth, I couldn't think of anything greater than hearing His voice. Because when you hear His voice, the intimacy grows, the, the relationship grows. When I know Bonnie's voice, I'm connected, I'm relational. There's something that happens when you know the voice of a person. It's an intimacy. How are you doing today? How well do you know God's voice? See, God's speaking. Problem is, we're just not listening. It's not like we're evil or bad. We're just caught up with all the other voices and the white noise of this world. I, I kind of like how COVID's kind of shaken some things and, and we're all just sort of reassessing and, and, and a lot of us are just seeking God and spending time and meditating on His Word. His, His Word is pure. It's, it's gentle. His voice is so wonderful. When I read about His voice, I was just amazed. It's peaceful. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy. There's, there's no favouritism. Father, I pray today we would know Your voice. We would know Your voice. We would learn to listen, to tune in, to understand, to hear Your voice. Speak to us, I pray. Maybe today you've never heard the voice of God. Well, that's why Jesus came and died and rose again. So you could be what the Bible calls born again. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you're born again, your spirit is reborn and suddenly you can hear the Spirit of God. Because we're actually born with a flesh, but we're also born with a spirit. That spirit lives on for eternity, either heaven or hell depending on the decision we make with Jesus Christ. But more than just being assured of our salvation in heaven, we're born again. So we have these new ears that can hear in the Spirit, which forms the foundation of a relationship with our God in heaven. Maybe you don't know God and you think He's mad at you or you've done something wrong. He loves you. He's called you out. He, he's pursuing you today. 
He wants to be in relationship. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to listen. He wants you, he wants you to talk back. And maybe that's why you're here today. Miles, I don't know this God or this religion, this church stuff, but I know there's more and I, I want to know who it is. It starts through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Suddenly your ears are opened. You can hear the Almighty God in heaven and He'll lead you because He's a good God. He's a good shepherd. With eyes closed and heads bowed, that's why you're here. You want to know Jesus Christ. You want to hear His voice. Would you just say, yeah, Miles, that's me. And raise your hand. Let me recognise your decision today. I won't embarrass you, but this is a big decision. The Bible says whoever calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. You want to call on Him today. You want to be saved. You want to be changed. You want to hear His voice. Raise your hand. Church, let's all pray together. Jesus, I want to know You. I want to hear Your voice. I surrender my life to You. I give my life to You. Forgive me. Save me. Be my Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen.